Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies both new and old with a strictly positive, critical motherfucking eye. Dude, it's our intro. Come on. <laughs> Explicit language, right. ladies and gentlemen. Fucking and so hold on any to your butts. Lazy negativity is avoided at all costs. This is a positive drinking game. We're going <laughs> to challenge that a little bit today. We are only looking at films with a positive critical eye. Any negative little criticism. Ah! We'll have a really fun sound and we will drink. You've I've broken drunk. Jeff. You've broken Jeff. I've, I've broken. <laughs> we will drink. Every time Dave plays this sound, yeah. we will drink. Dave. Yep. <laughs> so pour yourself, now I'm broken. Pour yourselves a glass. <laughs> give it up for some films we love. And uh, actually, I think we're the ones that are going to need some love after this discussion. Oh, my God. I could use some love. I, uh, <laughs> guys, we're, we're so excited about this episode, which is why we're messing up the uh, copy at the beginning, which is pre-written. Um, but, but here, it's let's right just face it right off the bat. First of all, John already proved how much we're probably going to be cursing during this episode. Alcohol does not help our um, language skills, so there are probably going to be some cursing. So parental advisory there. And <clears throat> also... We have been spending the past few weeks re-watching many film trilogies and franchises in the age of coronavirus to impart to our viewers the experience that we had. I personally rewatched the better part of 17 film franchises, what we thought were the best and some of our favorites, and we have now narrowed it down to eight. We had head-to-head matchups. If you want to go back through the Apple or Spotify pod feed that you were on and listen to any of those, be our guest but we have narrowed it down to eight of what we believe to be the best or greatest film trilogies or franchises of all time. Now, if you are new to our podcast, welcome. We're great. Thank you for joining us. We. The new episodes are at the bottom. That's right. We, when we say the best or the greatest franchise, this is things that we like, things that we think are amazing and critically good after rewatching them, not necessarily what are the most culturally relevant series. We did a whole episode last week where we talked about a lot of them. For instance, the James Bond series, the Rocky series. We talked about Vacation. We have mentioned the Dollars trilogy. We talked about briefly hunger games and, and twilight didn't last very long but you know we at least gave it a god damn it okay um so edward if you're wondering why your franchise is not on the list it's probably either in the episode last week or um did make a cut well, and the last thing i would say is a friend of the pod al hoberman had his uncle i believe reach out and say why wasn't the thin man podcast on the thin man franchise on our list and to that i was like that's so curious i don't know why the thin man wasn't on so i googled the thin man and the first thing that came up was a scene where a full grown (laughs) full grown man took a dog and threw the dog onto the bunk bed onto the top (laughs) bed of a bunk bed and so for animal cruelty reasons the thin man is not on our list al your uncle cannot see the thin man on our list we're so sorry about that thanks for listening al gave a review this week casey gave a review jelana i believe is dave's friend that gave a review adam gave a review thank you guys so much for sharing the pod we're so happy to have you we'll try not to disappoint you with our four head-to-head quarterfinal (laughs) matchups but first let me send it over to john for some shout outs 
All right, everybody, as usual, we're drinking beer that is not provided by our beer sponsor because we haven't seen him in months, but he's still our beer sponsor and we can't wait to start we're drinking his brews again. God damn it. His name is Carlos Barozo. That's Carlos Barozo. You can find him on Instagram at C Barozo Bar 2019. That's C B A R R O Z O B A R 2019. And as always, all the music you hear on these episodes are provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein, D A S E I N. You can find him at soundcloud.com forward slash Dasein dash artist. God, that, that's fucking hard to say. Dasein, uh, yeah, baby. Go I, find I, it. It's so good. Apparently it's, you in can the, read, it's in the episode. Yeah, you can read that off a script, but you can't read the fucking intro. <laughs> I can't yeah, read yeah, the fucking in the intro. I can only read um, with I'm curse chatty, words interjected. John can't talk. Dave, do you want to introduce what's going on this week or what? Um. Well, we're breaking it down. We've uh, We've got to the last... Four brackets, and they are Lord of the Rings versus Toy Story, Mission Impossible versus Star Wars, MCU versus The Dark Knight, and Star Trek versus Harry Potter. And we're doing them all tonight. Yeah, we're, we're doing them all, motherfuckers. In, to four in the episode films. notes, in the episode notes, sorry to cut you off there, Dave. In the episode notes, you will find our Instagram handle. That is not just the selfless plug. We also have both brackets: our original sixteen, and then our new eight, which somehow two films that advanced did not make it into. <laughs> <laughs> and then one film that was not on our list did. So anyway, you can see both brackets if you're confused or anything and you want to follow along because we're assuming you're drinking as much as we are during this. Which one are we going to start with, John? I did. I did. I just wanted to talk to you guys for a couple minutes because I had a couple people have this conversation with me this week. Some of our some of our dedicated listeners. Cool. We are all if we the could clock. just if we could just kind of go over really quickly. I just wanted to know for you guys in your mind, if there are any grading scales any metrics that are the most important to you that maybe surprised you while you were watching these I'm is it rewatchability about his metrics and grading is scale it, is it What's rewatchability is it <laughs> cultural <laughs> influence do not disrespect it, the exes jeff it's the nebulous exes go fuck is your exes you motherfucker <laughs> so yeah i don't know if you Sorry, guys John, are thinking about because about? We, we, metrics how you guys are thinking about this is it totally is it just a gut feeling are you watching all these and then just kind of saying yeah sure or is there something is it rewatchability is it individual movies is it is it emotional storytelling is it numbers is it how much money they made is it all of it are you guys thinking about all these things when you're making these decisions or are we at a place now with our fucking quarterfinals where we are kind of like you said at the beginning just sh- shamelessly saying you know what we just watched a lot of fucking movies and whether or not we like it, whether or not they like it, we're just going with the ones we like the most. Is it is it wow. really that simple? Or are you guys thinking a little bit more about trying to be objectively, you know, critical, or is it totally subjective for you? John is the Meredith Vieira of this podcast, just laying it out <laughs> just, there, uh, putting us keep, on the spot. All right, keep that question in mind uh, after we get through the results we get to tonight. Um, but yeah, for me, it's a case of every time we put these in a new bracket, I assessed them differently because it was up against something different. So I assessed it in the context of what it was up against. Interesting. Okay. And and how I you're think... doing that. No, no, go ahead. Go, Jeff. Go, go, go. No, um, well, Dave, finish. you can finish that up. On, on what context? Like, you, you literally were watching these, with, like, with their head-to-head in mind. Like if I was, if I was watching Star Trek up against the Godfather, I would judge it in context to the, to the Godfather and compare the two. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's kind of what I was doing. In that case, the X's don't come into play because it's not about every time I was entertained. It's about why, why this one's more special to me than the other one. Cool. Now that's what we had to get to now. 
I'm glad you said that. And I, I just want to make sure everybody out there in our podcast world knows that because we're not trying to say objectively, we did not have a metric system for this. Everyone who's listening probably knows we make fun of Dave sometimes, but this is us thinking subjectively head to head each time they are up against each other, unless Jeff is making a face, unless he disagrees with me and he's not doing what yeah, Dave I'm and not, I've been this doing. Is, this is 100% objective. This is the right answers. Um, I do not <laughs> think that there's any metric of going head to head. I watch these. And for me, the answer to your question would be one, rewatchability. It's not just that initial experience. Um, more on that in like Star Wars, for instance, yeah. or The Dark Knight, which we're going to talk about soon. Like what the feeling yeah. in the theater when you saw the film and you forgave a lot of the flaws. Well, this is rewatching them as trilogies and franchises writ large. And for instance, uh, what was about Mission Impossible and how it grew over time, how Harry Potter grew over time. The the themes that they laid out in the beginning don't necessarily have to be the exact same in the end, but what were they doing along the way? Did they ask the audience to forgive errors? Um, did they step over themselves? Did they contradict themselves? I think all of those things come into play to see what is yeah. the fullest, most complete theatrical experience as a series, whether you're watching that in a theater, theatrically like speaking, or in your home. So I it's, it's not so much of like, what is the best film? For instance, The Godfather did not make our top eight because of this right. obviously it very likely has maybe even the two or two of the top five top films yeah. it yeah. is what happened over the course of this the series or trilogy and then i pit them up against each other regardless okay. of the power of the ip for example harry potter like even though mm. that weighs on society more than austin powers it's the merit of the film and the franchise for me with so i guess it's 90 percent objective 10 percent subjective there you go. Okay, cool. Just wanted to touch base with you guys. All right, let's fucking do it. What's what up first, Dave? Uh, we're going for one, right? We're going to go We're gonna go one and eight. Our one seed is Lord of the Rings, Holden True, and our eight seed, somehow, miraculously, we love these movies, but somehow our eight seed is Toy Story, ladies and gentlemen. So we are putting Lord of the Rings up against I, Toy Story. First round of our quarterfinals. I stuck Dave, my neck me. out to give Toy Story a chance, and we've, we've, I feel like we've just fucked it again. I know, Jesus, dude, right I've been feeling bat, bad. <laughs> no, he's right. I've been feeling bad all week about this. I had friends reach out to me yeah. and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you people for putting it in It's, in it's like, hey, it's Toy Story. Here's your life preserver. Put it around your neck and fucking inflate it. Honestly, Jesus. dude, Jeff, you read him off. Jeff, you read him off last time. What's those Rotten Tomato readings? 100, 100, 97, and 98, I if I remember yeah, correctly. <laughs> I mean, I feel like such an asshole for having these so low on our seed, but ah. Uh, yeah. I don't. I so I didn't I didn't even vote for Toy Story to advance. I voted for John Wick. Um which I mean, let's be real. I, okay, if we're just going truly on like the filmmaking and the and what is the better film, I know Toy Story is, but in watching them in sequence, John loves that I, I talk about the premise of Toy Story. But here this is what it is to me. Now I, I this is a conversation starter, so feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions about any of these thoughts. But for me, oh, Toy Story one. <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story 1 was way more about uh, the importance oh toys God. are to us. Like that we we breathe, the kids, people, breathe life into these toys. They they help shape who we are, our behavior, our imagination. Um, and they are as much indebted to, to us as we are to them. We, we become a union of sorts. Um, and that gets challenged when Woody gets lost and separated. But are you ever really separated lost from your toy? I don't know. I'm just speaking about these no, kinds of things. So, because so right, by the end so of the fourth good. movie, the kids don't matter anymore, which we talked about in the premise. It really becomes Woody's story. And I do love that because these characters are so interesting. I love Rex. I love that it's like a timid, shy, meek little 
Tyrannosaurus voiced by a guy who's five foot two with a high pitched screamy voice in Wallace Shawn. I love Mr. and Mr. Potato, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. I love how funny it is. Everybody gets involved. The situations are funny. The 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 um, obstacles are really funny. But ultimately, three is about them trying to leave the kid and then getting stuck, and it just becomes like an escape from Alcatraz type movie. It becomes an escape film for toys. And I personally would care more if they were people. But in the first movie, it wasn't that because the kid mattered more. And then the fourth movie, it just becomes mm-hmm. Woody going into the unknown, which is great. We likened it specifically to the Lord of the Rings and the hero's journey and, um, you know, going out into the West, into the unknown. And I just didn't, I just didn't care. It, it, it's about the kid. It's about the kid. It's their toys. They're toys. I just don't care. I know they're great movies. I don't mind if I never see one ever again. I know John Lasseter is brilliant. I don't care. Uh, yeah. Somebody else. Go. I know yeah. so long in that past. God damn it, dude. That was so fucking funny. I mean, I think you fucking nailed it, dude. I don't know. Again, I've had several people reach out to me this week and say, what the fuck? Toy Story, they're both—they're all so good. What are you doing? And the question I always immediately shot back to all of them was, when was the last time you watched the entire, the entire franchise? I've never heard a kid. I teach kids. Yeah. I've never heard a kid say, oh, my God, Toy Story. I love Toy Story. Yeah. And I they mean, might, but it's like in the, it's an afterthought. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I, the kids I, these love are Toy Story and then forget about Toy Story. Exactly. You bag them and you well, put them in the attic, Dave. Well, this is. <laughs> and then they write your notes. Oh, somebody poison the. Oh, my I mean, God. <laughs> when, everything... when, when Woody, who's a toy, writes a fucking note to Andy and he goes, Hey, Andy, I have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea. Why don't you go ahead and do this? Tell me that's not fucking Chucky. Why did Toy Story become Chucky? And how do we still give it the emotional sympathy that it gets? Andy, Andy goes, hey, why do you, hey, hey, Andy, why do you go drop these toys off at this kid's house? There's a really good girl there. She's so great. Oh my God, it's awesome. Hey, this is your toy, by the way. And then it cuts to Woody with this fucking smile and his huge eyes. And it's like, man, I want them. Somebody needs to make a fucking parody movie of Andy as an adult. Just torture, just torment. Oh, I mean, so fucked up. That movie. I mean, it, I, it is I, terrifying. I deliberately dude. didn't buzz him because of the the child's play reference. That was that was amazing. Yes, <laughs> I know exactly what moment you're talking about, dude. It's terrifying. <laughs> no, but for real, in terms of, I'm glad we had that conversation at the beginning because I just wanted to see where you guys were at. Because for me, when people were saying that to me this week, I just kept thinking rewatchability. Like, there's just no question in my mind. I know you guys. Uh, kind of agreed with me when we were first talking about Toy Story. I did enjoy rewatching them for this podcast, but I couldn't remember the last time I had seen them. And I think one of the important things about franchises is that, man, you want to come back again and again and again and again. A really good franchise should be uh, not too stressful to take on in terms of being able to watch all of that content, something that's manageable, something that stays with you. Uh, Toy Story is... Unlike maybe some of those toys that we actually do throw away in the attic, I will never forget Toy Story. And we can all talk nostalgically about Toy Story, and they are wonderful movies individually. But I am absolutely voting for Lord of the Rings over Toy Story. Should we even talk about Lord of the Rings, or should we just save it for next week? Because we'll talk, we'll talk about it for sure. <laughs> I mean, also, we're, we're talking about the extended about edition. It, actually, I'm, the, I'm, the suggest- I'm suggesting they both go through. No, <laughs> not Dave, doing that. son we're of not a bitch, that. you motherfucker! You for clarity, we're talking about the full extended edition of Lord of the Rings. To be honest, as well, like I, I've seen, uh, I, I hadn't seen all the Toy Story movies. I actually watched three and four for the first time when we did this, and I think that speaks to the fact that i have seen lord of the rings the fucking extended edition at least 15 or 16 times right 
Right. Mm -hmm. And as so yeah. for rewatchability, for me, it's a no brainer. It's like Toy Story's fun and it's cute, but yeah. Lord of the Rings is epic. And even the backstory on how it's made is amazing. Like the, and it was a, a monumental effort and it was, mm -hmm. took them years and years yes, and years. Dude. They invented technology. Thank you for saying that because you, I didn't even think about that, but both of these have that to their claim, don't they? That they both did something amazing with the premiering this new technology. Yeah. So that's really cool that they matched up. Well, yeah, it's like they, they invented shaders for and, and technology for what later became a, a major rendering engine for Toy Story. And, like, Peter Jackson pretty much founded Weta Digital out of this. <laughs> and they, pioneered, like, every single frame of this film, went, all, the, all three of these films went in the computer. There was not wow. a single frame that wasn't digitally adjusted in some way. Wow. I, uh, I also... I might get a little hate for this, but I'm just going to say it. Toy Story, there's something for everyone. It, it is complex. I'm not saying it is only a kid's movie, but it's a kid's movie. And I think that is one reason why I don't go back to them quite so often as an adult. When you're comparing, because you're right, Jeff, we did kind of talk about the hero's journey thing with Woody and stuff, but like an adult film, an adult story like Lord of the Rings, it does touch me in, in different ways in a, there are way more shades of color emotionally than what Toy Story does. Toy Story, what it does accomplish as a kid's movie is amazing. I guess a family movie is the right, is the right term to use. But mm -hmm. in terms of journey and how affected I am emotionally, I'm not a kid anymore. So I, I think I'm, maybe it's just because we're all adults now. But for me, there's just no comparison. I feel touched in a very sweet way when I watch those Toy Story movies. I feel... I feel like I have gone on an enormous hero's journey as an adult under dire circumstances. And, you know, the odds are totally against us with Lord of the Rings. So, again, just in terms of the emotional whoosh that you have at the end of these things, how do you feel when it is all over after you finally have taken that journey? There's, there's no comparison for me. So, Jeff, Jeff, you talked a whole lot of shit, but I just want to hear you say it officially. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Okay. Else to say about it. It's a, it's a oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings three-way. Woo! Oh, yeah. That happened at Great. a tent. You know that. Oh yeah. But of Get course, the if somebody says, "Hey, you want to watch the, the buzzer's my safe word. The like, buzzer's yeah, my safe word." Ninety minutes. So you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Key and Peele are funny in the fourth one. They, yeah, they were hilarious in the fourth one. They were so funny in the fourth one. Um, sweet. Should we just keep trucking along? Um, sure. Do, do you so want to have... take a break or are we going to keep moving on? No, let's keep, let's do two and we'll right, take a break right, cool. after this. Done. Um, also, our friend Carlos gave us the suggestion of um, not taking a break since we don't have like an ad or anything in between. The break is definitely for us. Just to be yeah. clear for everybody, the break is definitely yeah. for us. We're, uh, just keep in mind, uh, we're drinking beer. Yeah, we got to restock, we got to pee, <laughs> got to do the usuals. All right, so moving on. So so that was our one seed advancing. Our Lord of the Rings, our one seed has advanced over our eight seed Toy Story, RIP. Bye-bye, Toy now, Story. we're going to jump to our three seed and our six seed. Our three seed is Harry Potter. Eight Harry Potter films, not the Fantastic Beasts, beasts for the sake of the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah, the, we're sticking um, with Harry the, Potter. The unaptly named Fantastic Beasts. Yes, that's right. We shat yeah, on it. Moderately interesting beasts. But we're not going to do that today. We're sick with Harry Potter and our six seed Star Trek. Here we go. All right. I'm not takers? going first. I'm going last. John. I'm going last on this one. God damn it. Uh, 
Uh, as some of you may recall, I argued pretty passionately for Star Trek to move up, and I'm, I'm so glad that franchise <clears throat> is in our quarterfinals. Um, I did a little watching and thinking over this past week with all of these, and uh, again with that metric conversation at the beginning, Harry Potter, I have watched that franchise multiple times in the past year or two. <laughs> I've definitely watched it at least twice in the past two years. It's, it's, it's a once-a-year franchise kind of thing for me. Yeah, the good, the good um, holiday movies, good Christmas movies. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever rewatch the entire canon of Star Trek again. Yeah, come on. Of course not. <laughs> well, you, watch it, well, you, re- you probably will actually rewatch some, though. And no one would blame you. For fucking sure. I will definitely rewatch some of them. So again, that conversation we had at the beginning, the rewatchability, is it the individual movies? Is every movie important? I'm sure we'll find, you know, when we go into the Marvel and stuff. These bigger franchises, how many how many movies are there? Twelve Star Trek movies? Thirteen? Uh something like that. Yeah, thirteen. So there's a yeah. there's a handful. Of count. Handful, yeah, <laughs> honestly, there's 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 a yeah, handful you can that aren't great. Ten was where there's they had two that are breaks and say, JJ. It's all yours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it's true, you guys. I mean, I love those last three. I will rewatch those over and over and over again. I watch those at least once a year. But it, the, in terms of the entire canon, I don't know. J- just that alone makes me feel like I'm, I'm making a good call by going with Harry Potter. Harry Potter, the pros, I mean, come on, you guys. It's it's that secondary, secondary world that's built so well. It's, uh, I think, for me, again, maybe it's that adult children thing. I think a lot of people tend to have the criticism that they get better as they go along. I think that's partially because they're growing up and they can be more complicated emotionally. So again, that that deep breath and deep exhale you have at the end of all of these franchises, head to head, if we are just looking at that moment, how good you feel or what you've learned or what you've taken away. I don't know, man, when Harry, when Harry Potter, when that train finally rolls away at the end, I feel... Like I have taken a journey versus the Star Trek thing, which is ongoing. You know, that's kind of the whole point of it. It's going to go on forever. They are always out there searching and it's a different kind of feeling. But for me, the wrapping it up with the bow, the tightness of the Harry Potter story, I'm going to come back to it over and over and over again. What do you guys think? Dave? You want me to go next? Fuck yeah. Um, Get in there. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, it's no secret. I am a huge Trek fan. Yeah, baby. I I've seen every single movie multiple times. I've seen all the series, which we don't talk about here. They're not counted multiple times. Like I, I like Picard all day, though. Almost Picard all a lot day, of baby. The Star Trek films. Uh, I don't like a couple of them. Uh, very, very fucking passionately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wait, you, you mean Nemesis isn't on your rewatch list? <laughs> Nemesis is in my trash bag. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, Nemesis. Oh, man. Anyway. Poor Tom Hardy. Uh, I know, right? It took the guy six years to come back from that. <laughs> he thought he had it made, and then he went to, yeah. the, he went to the premiere and went, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> he went back into the indie world. I, like, I, I, love the, I love the messages that they have, and it's like, explore these strange new worlds, and it's a message of humanity will prevail no matter what. Um, it's the message of you can meet any alien you want and bang it. 
It's, you know, all those is that the, things. Is that the message? Wait, hold on a second. I've that's seen a couple the, of these. Is that's that the, the message? Cap, that's the Captain Kirk message, yes. It's actually oh, they the Guardians they, from they, that, they, yeah. even, they even reference it in uh, Star Trek Six, where he's making out with one of the aliens on the prison planet, and McCoy is like, what the hell is wrong with you? He really like, does fuck every like, alien he meets. going to. through space, banging anything that moves. <laughs> yeah, it's the bang fest. Yeah. Yeah, and I miss Kirk this bang bus too. Kirk in, Kirk out. Yeah, Kirk in, Kirk in. But uh, then they moved on to the next generation. The next generation was a welcome addition. First Contact, like I said, is one of my favorite science fiction films ever. Um, there are some great films that came after First Contact. Nothing ever really peaked to that level for me. And then they announced that J.J. Abrams was bringing it back. And mm-hmm. I was like, bring it. Let's go see it. And I went and saw it, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. It was fun. It was a great new mix on the new characters. A little bit of old, a little bit of new. And it was it was fun. But again, that also ran out of steam. And it's a case of, like I said, it's a it's a wonderful message. But most of Star Trek is its series. <clears throat> it's the characters in the series that yeah. like the reason the movies succeed is because you've watched a TV series. Now, granted, the reason Harry Potter succeeds is because you've read these books. But right. it is a faithful representation and in my opinion, they haven't really made a bad Harry Potter movie. So as far as I hate to sell out my franchise of choice uh, for many, 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 many many years, I'm leaning towards Harry Potter. Nice. Yeah. I'm already two beers deep, by the way. I started with the beer that was too light and I knew it. So I just started drinking. Um, (laughs) Yeah, oh, I haven't needed to buzz me yet, but I'm saving. Are I'm you saving kidding? Steam. You got like eight buzzers. What are you talking? About? I'm, I'm putting names sa- on these buzzers next week. I'm, s- I'm saving steam for our, our second half episode. Everybody, please stay tuned because I'm going to do like a big sure. movie voiceover and be like, "Penalty, chef." Okay. Um. Well, let's see. What time are we at? Okay. Cool. So obviously, I'm voting for Harry Potter. I, I said that I think it's my two seed in the past. And here's what I will say for Star Trek. Oh, Star really? Trek I, does. I thought you were going to go for Trek. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> The Slytherin in me is coming out right now. You uh, did. If anyone okay. doesn't get that joke, just go back to the episode where Jeff's talking about Star Trek. Jeff loves Star Trek. <laughs> I love the Star Trek. Yeah. No, okay, I, what I, were you you know what? But hey, I actually was okay on Khan. I talked nicely about Khan. I forget the name of number six because I put it out of my mind because uh, I thought we were going to vote. We were going to pass on it. Um, anyway. And, and it's then. The um, Undiscovered um, Country, you dick. The Undiscovered Country. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Okay, so, so good. here's here's what it has. Here's what Star Trek definitely has going for its favor. First of all, you're absolutely right, Dave, and you mentioned this last episode. Star Trek definitely plays to its fan base really, really well, I would say, but it's because it has the series to fall back on. Even JJ knows that the foundation is the series. The foundation is um, the the decades of people talking about it and, and wherever it stood culturally, you know, it, maybe it was a nerdy thing. Maybe it wasn't at certain different times, I'll but tell you one, it one had that just, just interrupt. Yeah. One thing I love about JJ's movie was he shut the nerds up right at the get go. Right. Like by having that thing come back through time and they destroy mm-hmm. a planet and literally yeah. like kill Kirk's father at the beginning. This is not a spoiler. Yeah. It happens at the start of the movie. Um, yeah, very beginning. And, but he literally erased the entire Star Trek timeline. So anyone who walks up to anyone at a con, uh, like a con and goes, "Hey, in this episode, no, that never happened." Wasn't that Chris Hemsworth yeah. too? Yeah, it was. It's pretty cool to be that's like the, Chris Hemsworth. That's the whole hey, reason that's, of- that's hey guys, this is Kirk's dad. Die, motherfucker! Like right yeah, as like yeah. right after Thor that's, came well, out. Well, that's the whole basically. reason four fell through because they were they right. were going to do a time travel thing and go back to that time. And uh, Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth both wanted too much money, and that stalled, and then nothing ever happened, and then. 
it away it went. That's oh, blame that Chris is for sure. I thought they were um, making another one. So anyway, one. The, the one, so yes, for, for, as far as the series, the whole growth is. Honestly, you, you should almost separate the JJ series because of that very reason, Dave. It's almost yeah. like, we're going to do this. Even if you've never seen the movies, we got you. And that's sort of how I had fallen into them. Um, the good thing about Star Trek is it's it's kind of, we, we live in a, a time now, I would say, I'm going to get well, professorial here, where you can, we, we, have, we are mood-based when it comes to our viewership. So, for instance, if somebody sees The Godfather and they're in a bad mood, they're just going to say The Godfather sucks. They're not going to say it's not for me, it's too dark. They're just going to say, fuck The Godfather, it sucks, because that's the mood they're in. And but they Star Trek, get you can, buzzed. And they get buzzed. You can choose <laughs> which Star Trek you want to see. Do you want to see a quote-unquote cooler Star Trek? You watch one of the, the three recent ones. I would recommend the, the, the Benedict Cumberbatch one. I think the proper fan... I, it, it didn't quite land too well because everybody knew he was going to be Khan. It just wasn't that cool. We didn't, whatever. But if you want to see a quote-unquote cooler one, yes. If you want to see uh, Patrick Stewart, definitely watch uh, episode eight. First contact. First contact. And that's an and that's a great movie. If you just <laughs> yeah. want to see Kirk and Spock go at it, you know, you can go, go at it. Come out, right? <laughs> I'm sure oh, some people really do want to see. I'm yeah. sure some people really want Kirk and Spock to go at it. But but um Wrath of Khan is pretty good, but definitely Undiscovered Country, episode six, if you will. They're really good. So you can jump around the Star Trek series a little bit and you know, learn some things and, and John went on this whole like fucking high horse passionate speech about all the deep dark questions that star trek was asking and you know what you can find that which is great and harry potter is not a perfect series and actually john i wanted to touch on one thing that you said during our episode which is i wish there was a director's cut of harry potter there's no way that harry potter this particular iteration can do that because they wrote these scripts very very specifically for this franchise for instance the Dursleys are not in, in the fourth movie. I'm going to guess they didn't even shoot scenes with the Dursleys in the fourth movie. Um, some things, they just they, they completely yada yada over things. Some scenes happen really, really quick, which I think, John and Dave, you talked about in the past. You lost timelines. Because yeah, all of a sudden... In the first one, and, yeah. And, and they would do things like, I think I just watched um, Six, because I really wanted to see Dark Harry. Similar to Star Trek, you can choose your mood. You want to see a light, brighter Harry? Watch even Chamber of Secrets or mm. um, the first one. Uh, philosopher's zone if you will but if you want to see dark harry episode six is really really cool there's some dark deep shit going Those on with international Dumbledore watches that's the sorcerer's stone that's, that's right anyway <laughs> um so it's i really wanted to see that and um oh my god jim broadbent's character with slughorn yeah. um he basically has like after so he has the christmas party so you always know when it's christmas in his harry potter series and then the second semester always gets a little you know whatever but he basically has this one long scene where they just <laughs> fill in like three months worth of exposition and then all of a sudden harry's like i need this information right the fuck now and then he gets it and like within 24 hours the action happens so there's a lot of that kind of stuff in harry potter that it makes it not necessarily a perfect series but then again it's so great because the characters are so amazing and yes they you do have the books to fall back on but i i know plenty of people who have seen these movies without reading the books that still like them they do miss things which again we talked about in the episode you two specifically you miss timelines you miss growth you miss some development especially in supporting characters who knows where neville's at is he still just nerdy or have we grown out of that by by movie four has he done anything since then uh seamus for instance is he still just blowing himself up or like has he like gotten laid yet like can we get some information on Seamus um but it's you you just you take it as it is you know what I mean you just sort of take the 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 ups the downs the goods the bads with it mm. because it's just so likable and you just want to live in the world so bad and ultimately you just also, want to be on Harry Hermione's I, team one, one of the things that is most um advantageous about it is if you watch it and then go away and read the books and then come back and watch it it's even more enjoyable 
Right. Even because, though there's no spew. I'm yeah, so sorry it, there's no well, spew in these you, movies. We didn't care about <laughs> elfish welfare. <laughs> but yeah, they didn't like you don't care what you're not missing the first time through. Then you read the books and you go, Oh, that's not there, but your brain fills in the gaps on the rewatch. Exactly. So that's right. That yeah. ups mm-hmm. its rewatchability even more. Yeah. And with these two, um, the, when the, and the and houses, like, there's more information about the houses in the book. People like, I never understand. People are like, you're such a Ravenclaw, or whatever. And I'd be like, what the fuck does that even mean? They're not even yeah. in the movies. Yeah, give like, me a fucking I, encyclopedia. What? Are you kidding me? Cho <laughs> is a Ravenclaw. Me? And I was like, all right, well, what is it? Okay. She barely speaks. She just makes weird eyes at Harry for an entire movie, and then that's it. So, like, uh, you know, I didn't, but in the books, yeah, exactly. There, there's a different experience watching the movies mm. and reading the but books, but I think they're both. We're not here to talk about the books. So, books yeah. independent. Exactly. exactly. I, I, do th- I still think, think the th- movies are better, but they're not perfect. So we'll see what happens moving forward as far as the greatest franchise of all time. If you were to pair best with culturally relevant, Harry Potter is a strong case to make. But for yeah. just on the merits alone, it definitely advances this week. I'm just sort of setting up some. I'm sowing some seeds for no, next week. No, I agree week. with you, dude. I agree <laughs> with you. And for these two compared to each other, and I would even say this with the books as well, and maybe I'm in the minority. I do feel that uh, both of these franchises are on the lighter side of emotional consequences and before the internet jumps all over me for saying that about Harry Potter compared to more mature, really intense emotional consequences. I know people die. I know that she's not afraid to kill off characters and to put them in really dark, dark, dark situations for half the story, but the tone still kind of feels like it's about a kid growing up. Uh, So I'm kind of glad that these two went against each other because I think Star Trek is kind of notorious for not putting tons and tons of weight on emotional consequences. It's all about the intellect. It's all about them trying to figure out how to... It's all about them modifying the mind to flake the dish. Harry Potter did one thing really well, which dude, is can I just they say somehow... That, that fucking deflected dish can do anything. Anything they wanted to, dude. The one thing the Harry Potter can do whatever did really they well want. is they got us all to forget the facts that this is truly the worst school experience to ever happen. And every single person in this movie is fucked up for the rest of their life. Every single person, (laughs) their therapists are going to make so much money. You're only in school for seven years. Well, guess what? Every single year sucked. Some terrible thing happened every single year. Harry is in trauma. The SNL Harry Potter of what Harry's like in the future when he's just like completely delusional. If you give that guy a drug and he'll go off the deep end, I'm I'm, I'm really worried about it in the future. Although one of my favorite scenes as well is when they have the school dance. And they 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 pan out of the school dance to like they walk out and there's just everyone sitting on the steps crying, and I'm like that's yeah. that's a fucking school dance. That's pretty like, much like yeah, that happens yeah, yeah. every single everyone's outside yeah. crying. People are having fights like you know. So, sometimes it was heavy handed. Like inside. in episode yeah. four, all of a sudden Ron decided to be really jealous of Harry without a lot of subtext. They wish they could have developed that. So episode five. Episode five is when Harry decided to say, "All of my friends who have been following me on this whole journey, you don't know what it's like to be me." And <laughs> yeah, you like, don't know what it's like for God. four years. Like why terrible, all dude. of a sudden new director and they're like, "This is what we're going for." And new Harry. I know. Like, you I know, know it's bad. So, Jeff. Do you think <laughs> Harry, series do you, Harry Potter is gonna is gonna be interesting? Let's play. Let me ask you all. Let's play. Let's play a short little game. What drug addiction do you think Harry no, Potter and what drug addiction do you think Harry Potter and Andy from Toy Story both shared when they met in rehab? What was their drug oh of my choice? God. What do you guys think they were dishing on? Um, downers. Out? I think downers. Downers. I mean, yeah, me no, too, dude. I disagree. Harry on a downer and um, Andy on an upper. I think Andy has a huge MDMA, MDM, MDM, MDMA cut mm-hmm. with. Um, uh, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. Just a rave monster. <laughs> okay, All right, right, just, so just you heard it here. 
drink. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll take a drink. <laughs> you know, they, okay. you know, they're going to do it though. Let's move on to our so, break. Unless anybody has yeah, one more final Harry thought. Potter, Harry Potter wins that one, obviously. Harry Potter right? wins that one. Yeah. We're going chalk so far. Our one seed and our sorry, three seed. Sorry, in sorry, Al. Star Trek is out. I sorry, Al. I wanted to, Two I wanted shout to, for Al today. I really wanted to fight the good fight. Uh, Al is a major Star Trek fan, but I, I really, really wanted to fight the good fight. But Harry Potter just is a more solid rewatchability. Even though, like, I like the amount of times I've seen First Contact is I could not tell you, but yeah. the amount of times I've seen all of the Harry Potter movies, great Harry, great great Christmas movies, because yeah. that's the only time that you ever know it is at Hogwarts. You only know when it's Christmas. You never know what month it is otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, otherwise you have it. no fucking idea. Otherwise, dude, <laughs> they really don't signal anything. It's all like, right, is it May or February? Uh, I don't know. Oh, it's like quarantine. Uh, there literally is one section called Harry and Winter, where it's just him walking in the snow, and then it cuts to the next season. Like they Are don't even fucking try. Every day, at one point. or do they do block scheduling? I, I never really <laughs> got that one. My like classes. I don't I, even know what the fuck. I walked outside today, and there were leaves on the trees, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh yeah, it's bullshit, dude. It's not real. Dave's view Live is worse, long and prosper. And that is going to lead us into our personal break. Listen to some Dasein. Crack open a new beer. You're gonna need it. See you soon. Oh, we're back, baby. Oh, we're, we're back. back. We're back. Uh. Dave, I'm de- I'm definitely overloading my microphone a lot. I have bad mic technique for this, so I, I can to our producer I, and co-host Dave. I can totally fix that in post. I'm not gonna fix it's not it. Fixing post. shit. <laughs> Just gonna make me sound more ridiculous. Okay, we had a pretty good run. We've gone chalk so far. Number one seed, Lord of the Rings. Moving on. Number three seed, Harry Potter. So we are gonna skip our two seed. We're going to go to our 4-5. We're going to go for that middle matchup, which Mm. is number four, the Star Wars Skywalker Saga 9 films, three of which were fantastic. And (laughs) then we are comparing that up against these six (laughs) Mission Impossible films. See, that's a drunken thing you got there. That's good. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. Okay, so... Wait, I want to shout, I want to give my friend Alex a shout out. My my friend Alex, Do it. it's um Alex Dominguez shouted out because she said she was so curious because Mission Impossible, based on listening to our podcast, she's like this is one of the few podcasts that it seems has improved over the course of the series, which is a big conversation that we had last time with Mission Impossible. Um, in that the first one was awesome, as we mentioned. Second one, not so great. Mm, sucked. And. Third one, pretty good. Summer pop, popcorn flick. Philip Seymour Hoffman's a nice villain. And then four, five, six are just fucking awesome. Like yes. they, they I just mean, self-corrected. Third, and they third went for me was the turning point. That, that you was keep amazing. doing that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Third school. That's when J.J. Right, Abrams got three involved. Is so he produced good. The, the next ones, but he directed three. And leading up to the sixth film, Fallout, which I praised enough, I think, last episode. But mm. Mission Impossible, if you guys have given up in the Mission Impossible franchise for whatever reason, I mean, it's done really well at the box office, so it's very likely that you all have someone engaged. But Four, five, six, especially when they get into the, uh, what are the names of the villains? The uh, Lane, Lane, Solomon Lane, Solomon Lane, the Syndicate, the Syndicate, Solomon Lane, the Syndicate, the Solomon Lane. They, they, yeah, they hint at the Syndicate in four, but then five and six are all about the Solomon Lane and the Syndicate. Yeah, Syndicate, awesome was, Syndicate was a prominent villain the, uh, organization yeah. in the, ser- the original yeah. series. Yes, exactly. And Sean Harris, British actor, fucking awesome. So good. 
so so good in this iteration. So what was of the she saying? So, franchise. so what was Star she saying? Wars, look, we know the first three are brilliant. We, the first three, I mean, episodes four, five, and six. I think I actually give Jedi a lot more love than a lot of other people do. Me too. Wait, um, real fast before you continue. What were you saying? Fun. What did she say in her comment? She was just pointing out that we noted that, or. Yeah, because sometimes sometimes we just worry that we're blabbing for ourselves, you know, get on our high horse. But I think it's good that that people are able to take things away from these. Um, I'm I'm getting drunk, man. I'm ready for the Dark Knight. Wait, so wait. she okay. she heard this and is oh, now she, going like, back to the Mission Impossible series? Did she watch them? Uh, now I cannot corroborate whether or not she's about to watch six films, but she is curious too because it is always good to start a franchise don't, that you know don't is even going watch six to films, go up. Just start with three. You can start with three. I like one. I like one. You can start with three. I think the first one's really fun because the first it has one a really, is really good right. iconic. It really moment. does set up well. The, the, the iconic moment of breaking into Langley CIA when Tom Cruise has yes. the hanging thing and he catches the sweat. It's a very famous film uh, moments really in the whole catalog. Nineties films is when actually the action films of the eighties just even kicked it up a notch. Yeah. Do not ever try and recreate that with a home harness. You will never talk right. Again. I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids last See, night. Tell me about this home harness. Was that for sexual purposes? Sorry, or was Jeff. This what? Just something around? <laughs> I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids last night. Remember when he was in the harness in the backyard? Stop, John. <laughs> That's all, what, what, no, no new Rick franchises. Rick is coming back, by the way. Rick, Rick Moranis is coming back. He's coming back? Fuck yeah, Rick Moranis. Yeah, they're going to make another... They're, I think it's just called Shut Shrunk. Shut the fuck up. Are you which, serious? Which, anything like Scoob is terrible. But they're going <laughs> to... He has been missed oh my God. Uh, yeah. a lot, and I'm I'm very glad to welcome him back. Apparently, apparently he was he wanted to be a good father and help his kids, yeah. and I believe no, they have they kudos. grown up. They did the Meryl Streep thing where she wanted to be a good mom, and then her kids grew up, and she said, "Honey, I'm going back to work." Yeah. <laughs> yes, the Renaissance of Rick Moranis. Anyway, okay, John, anyway. fuck you. Okay, so what are we talking about? Star Wars, Mission Impossible. What do you want to say? Oh man, you just said so much. I feel like you you said it so well. I. uh... Do not listen to me on time and a half. My brother is fucked for sure. John, what are you saying? <laughs> oh my God. Listening to you on time and a half. Oh my Lord. Could you imagine? Yeah. He's oh, so screwed. Man. My mom was like, I really enjoy it. My mom and my dad listen to our podcast while they puzzle in the mornings. And that's our viewership. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's all mom and dad. Oh, sorry, listenership. That's our three star viewership. You know, sometimes I have trouble following Jeff. <laughs> sometimes... <laughs> Gandalf's balls gave us five stars, by the way. So yeah, thank you, thanks, Gandalf's, Gandalf's balls, balls. Yeah. for giving us five I meant stars. To give, Guys, we don't have the time. I meant, to, I meant to give those balls a shout out. Oh, earlier, we but, have the time. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, you meant to give those balls a shout out. Okay, so uh, Star Wars. For anyone who missed my my rants when we were first talking about it, I I still watch these. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite. I still fucking watch them. I have rewatched all the new ones. I have done it at home by myself. I still enjoy the saga enough to tap back in and rewatch them. But I never end any of those movies feeling happy that I did that. <laughs> every single, almost every really? single one of them. I'm always like, God, I just, I just have a problem with all of them. All of them have. What about four or five? Not two. Yeah, not yeah fucking hit me because I'm. Wait, oh, are I'm you gonna. saying not four, five, six? Like you don't have a, you do finish four, no, five, yeah, six? No, four, five, six. With that? The original three, I do not have that problem with. And I watch those way more than the other ones. Okay, good, good. I'm just saying before I talk a whole bunch of shit about all the other ones, I just want everyone to know that I do rewatch them. I still do it. The saga is still good enough for you to want to go back in. And, you know, we're talking about all these wonderful universes, these wonderful worlds that all these franchises exist. Of course. Star Wars is fucking awesome. Like, of course, that world sounds amazing. Fantasy in space. Yeah, sign me up. That sounds great. But every other film, except for four, five, and six, 
has something that is so weak or so wrong with it or so, yeah, hit me again, I don't care, that I can't finish any of those movies without being a little frustrated that I don't like it more. Like, I, I always go into them with that, you know, that inspiration because I want to go back and play with all those people and live in that world and watch the lightsabers. And, and then there's some element in all of those films that bothers me. Unlike Mission Impossible, which if we're just going to go with that numbers game, like I was really harsh about when we were first talking about it, if one third of the Star Wars franchise is really strong and two thirds of it is not, it, I think everyone would agree with me, it's not as strong. We can debate over which movies are weaker than others. Some of them are not as bad as some of them, but definitely one third is really strong. The other two thirds is not. Mission Impossible has six movies right now. They're about to have eight and only one of them is not a good movie. Some of them are great movies. None of them are bad movies. All of them are good or great. For, I don't know, you thought, that's why I said. Two, I guess two has some redeeming no, no, I said, moments. I said, that make it, I said like, one of them. I said, no, no, I said one of them is a bad movie. Uh, no, no, I thought you one said of them one, is sorry. a bad movie. One sixth. Can we, can we rewind? Or, no, we can't. We're one sixth of that okay. franchise is not good. And it is. I'm glad Alex, Alex was her name, right? <clears throat> I'm glad she pointed that out. Yes, yeah. thank you, Alex. I'm glad she pointed that out because that's what I keep thinking about. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm totally going to be that asshole that, that does this, but that is really impressive, you guys. There are not many franchises that get better. I mean, that is unreal. That is almost unheard of. That scarcely happens with any kind of series entertainment. I mean, we all watched Game of Thrones and knew what fucking happened there, which is why there's things that, like, like Breaking Bad is, is so impressive because it... It holds you all the way to the end. It doesn't get worse. Lost. Just, just want to say on this show, we don't buzz for negative things. Like <laughs> yeah, that is total silent. Yeah, no, only in the first six seasons we buzz for negative things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I love Star Wars very much, but I'm totally going to be that person. I'm going to go with Mission Impossible because I think I'm more impressed consistently with what Mission Impossible is doing. They continue to surprise me. I am consistently disappointed with the Star Wars saga. And I just can't, I'm sorry, I just can't do it. I don't care if there are more mm. movies. I don't I don't give a shit. I'm going Mission Impossible. I'm so impressed every single time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Dave vote before me, but I wanna get a couple more words in here. So I've talked a little bit about Mission Impossible. Shout out to Alex. It gets better. Fallout's the best film, it's the sixth. If we were just talking about trilogies and we were talking about cultural impact, obviously Star Wars For is a sure, different dude. conversation. Because yeah, the, the original trilogy and even Jedi, really, I, I think Jedi kind of sticks the landing. Maybe the stakes mm. of the fact that they're on like a small moon. Maybe we never get that intergalactic battle that we were hoping for. I actually, I'm looking at my notes. In this, the, the biggest problem about the, the one through three, I think, is that... Um, First of all, George Lucas, for one, was like, oh, I'm only making this for children. He has what I call the Steven Spielberg grandpa effects, where it's basically like, he only makes movies for his five-year-old grandkids. I think movies are super. Um, and so there's just like, the pod racer sequence was really cool. When I was 12, when I was 18, I went, this is the lamest piece of shit I've ever seen. And I never walked in a video yeah, game. I, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. But then, hmm, but he knows, he knows that. But okay, the Darth Maul double lightsaber and the Qui-Gon yeah. Jim and Liam Neeson um tag team where it's basically like the two against one that little thruple they have with darth maul really fucking cool really 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 cool they sold a lot of weird ass darth maul lightsabers and action figures from that and now qui-gon is something that sounds totally normal to say out loud 
Go ahead, just John. a little one. I just it was, it was, you can open you that. Can hear it. That's yeah. terrible. He's <laughs> opening his beer. Okay, the second one. So here's here's the problem with two and three. Now you have Anakin has grown up. They cast Hayden Christensen, and they basically didn't know what to do with him because they knew he had to be Vader by the end of three. So they didn't know what to do between two and three. So honestly, when it comes to Anakin, I don't remember two versus three, and I just rewatched them. I don't. I could tell you a scene other than like the marriage scenes and some of like the courtship scenes with Natalie Portman's yep. character. I don't really remember. Like, I remember him and um, Anakin and um, Ewan McGregor jumping out the window and chasing the bot because it was it was stalking them. I honestly don't even remember if that was two or three. It was probably two. But, like, it was a cool sequence. But ultimately, they didn't know what to do with, with Anakin. So the idea of gaining the Senate as much power as possible and then finding out that the Senate was being run by the Sith Lord who was going to take all of the... Um, uh, mechanics of the Senate, all of the equipment, all of the weaponry, and flip it and turn it into dark side um, material, and starting to basically like blowing from inside out the entire political ecosystem of the universe. It sounds like a really really cool idea, and they really went for it. Some things though that they did, they said there were thousands. Yes, that's right. Thousands of solar systems leaving the Republic, meaning there were thousands of solar systems leaving the Republic. So I wonder, in the First Order, why were there 25 people in the whole First Order? Or even even in 4, 5, 6, why is it the whole, oh, the, we're the only thing that can separate the entire Republic? And I was like, you know what? At the end of this battle, I feel like 1,900 solar systems are going to be totally fine. Was, was so this they, they, just a minute thing, or are you going somewhere with this? <laughs> just, let's just let it happen. Hold on a second. Just keep, <laughs> keep drinking and just keep talking. <laughs> I, I forget my, I forget my, my mom is a lot of concentrating on, on her puzzle right now. Oh, but ultimately, I do like the first three Star Wars films writ large, like as a whole, the first three together. Seven is fine. It is not as good as the original trilogy. So I'm so happy for all the kids that dress up for Rey as Rey for Halloween. But ultimately, like the whole Star Wars saga... It really is the first three movies that are this rock holding the whole series together. So anybody out there who thinks, well, Star Wars is great. It's a great, you know, yeah, maybe you had a good time in the theater seeing these movies, but it's really not a great quality franchise of rewatching these movies and going back. And, every, no, seriously, because every time you rewatch them, back to my original metric, every time you rewatch them, similar to John, Woo! you can't help but let these faults shout out at you. By the time you get to nine, dude. So, sorry, it's hold on, real fast. We shot on it the last episode, so I won't do that. But it, it really just—it's right. the first three movies. I have a feeling. I have a feeling Dave is gonna is gonna go against us. So before you get really quickly, I I feel like Jeff should like. Are you casting your vote here now? Because you you just had a five. Oh, we know, win. we know, right? I'm, Honestly, I don't I don't even remember my preference. You're Mission Impossible, right? <laughs> No, I'm gonna hold that. Oh yeah, you just vote. wanted to say that really fast before Dave, because I, I, Dave, you're gonna that's praise good. the shit that's out good. of it. Yeah, because... before Dave talked. <laughs> okay, that's no, that's good because uh, I mean, let me say I have I, and this is where having an older person on the podcast is relevant because I do cut Star Wars a lot of leeway. I really did enjoy like episodes three, four, five, and sorry, four, five, six, and seven, eight, nine. I did enjoy them. I had a little Maybe bit of in a, the theater. I had a little no. I've rewatched them a lot of times. I I did have a problem at first. You rewatched with, nine a lot of times. Yes. <laughs> what did you miss? What did you who miss? Are you you are him. Who are you buzzing? You are him. Who are you What what was it in eight that you were like? Wait, I think I missed something. Dude, I've even rewatched one, two, three. Dude, me many, too. I've rewatched them a lot too. Different. For sure, I've rewatched them a lot too. And like, 
as a whole, for me, it sits. And it's a whole history repeats thing. I take something completely different, obviously, from what you guys are taking from it. And I feel like the the best argument I can have for this is, okay, so Star Wars versus Mission Impossible. Yeah, Mission Impossible. What's, uh, what's Emilio Estevez's character's name? Fuck you. His name is no, no, fuck you, Dave. Somewhere. That's, that's what what's, his what's Simon Pegg's character's name? Simon Pegg's character's name is Don't look it up. No, 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 I'm not. It's, it's uh... um it's uh, oh my god, they kidnap him and they shout it so what many times. Is his fucking in, um, name, dude. Fallout. Oh. <laughs> what's Ethan Hunt's <laughs> wife's name? Which one? Rebecca Ferguson? Dave, that's how much What's her character? What's her character name? What's her character name? You know when you meet someone? What's her What's you know when you meet name? someone and you can't remember their name and it doesn't matter because you love them so yeah. much? <laughs> name two villains. Yeah, they just they take name your breath away. All you, their eyes and what all you remember is their eyes and what they were wearing. Okay, so you can't name any of the people I just said out of the no, entire Simon, Mission Impossible Simon because Peg. they're entirely forgettable. Simon Pegg Whereas is... Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, I'm sorry, they didn't make Princess comic books Leia. about Mission Impossible, like, Dave. <laughs> they probably did. But, like, from what I'm saying, like, these characters are entirely memorable. Qui-Gon is a thing that is now cool to say. You said that yourself. You know Qui-Gon. You know Darth Maul. Like, you know Obi-Wan. You know R2-D2. You know C-3PO. Like, as far as rewatchability and something that sticks with you, I, I'm sorry, it's Star Wars over Mission Impossible. Benji! those characters are not even memorable enough for you to remember Benji! what they Benji! Benji! God damn it, okay, Benji! Dave, <laughs> Dave, you know what? Dave, I haven't voted yet. Dave, I haven't voted yet. If you can explain to me how Ray is a Palpatine. <laughs> you may sway my vote. Explain to me how she's a Palpatine. How is Palpatine uh, still alive? Is he real? Why is he having the exact same conversation he had uh, with Vader? They set this up go, in episode oh, two. Oh, come on, Dave. It's so contrived, dude. Wait, that, in episode it's two? so contrived. Yeah. They set up how Ray is... Guys, hold on a second. Hey, Dave, real fast. They're, and the, the clone that fathered Ray was a, a clone of Palpatine that didn't work out. They were going to destroy it and... Is this in the movie or did you read no, a book about the, this? No, this isn't in the movie. It's not in the movie. Oh, hold on. This is not in the film. This is a film franchise podcast, But I'm just saying, it had a... It, and, okay, that's the last... You're picking on hold one on, movie. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. I asked you to, I asked you to name characters from three different movies. Luther. Can you fucking hear me? Luther's Hello. a character in Hello, the my friend sent me. Dude, my friend sent me an article. I'm sorry. My vote is for Star Wars 100% because it, like, basically... Mission Impossible is awesome, and it's great. And but as far as the characters, like I'm not invested in any of them except maybe Ethan Hunt. Okay, and it's only because he's been in six damn movies. All right, so all right, hold on. What's your favorite part of Poe? No, no, no. What's your favorite part of Finn? What What's the most important part of Finn to the series over three movies? Other than don't tell me the first movie. Don't tell me how he escapes being a stormtrooper. Also, is this really a child soldier movie? Like where it's like all the kids were actually slaves that they, they stole and, and basically like that's what I didn't know that's what stormtroopers were. I just thought they were it's actually clones. in the desert. That, made, that was they, 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 they stop they stopped using clones, but yeah. Like, long story. But uh okay. <laughs> that isn't in the franchise. They they cut corners there. I'll admit okay. they cut corners. Yeah. But as What's the most as... important thing? Okay, explain me. Okay, okay, explain me movie eight really quick and all the things that are vital in movie eight that set up movie nine. That JJ didn't go. Wait a second. Never mind. Let's just. Wait, let's wait, just wait. Do I think this I can instead. make a. I think I can make a better point than putting you on the spot that way because you kind of already talked yourself into a corner here with the explanation of Palpatine. My friend sent me an article this week 
talking about Star Wars because he was he really wants that to do I would do well, mm-hmm. I think. And he just finished watching the clone series, the the animated series, which is yeah. supposed to be great. So he sent me an article and it's titled Revenge of the Sith is the best Star Wars story ever told, parentheses, just not Lucas's version. So the same criticism that we used against Star Trek. This is episode three, which is great. No. Yeah, yeah which episode is episode three. three. So the same criticism that we had against Star Trek, I think is sort of true with Star Wars, that there are really good animated series. There are some graphic mm-hmm. novels. There is some fan fiction literature that is so prevalent that it's basically attached to the series. That because you're right, because they're cutting corners, because there's so much rich uh, storytelling around the franchise, if we're only judging the movies and we don't know that stuff, you can't help but let it get, but, but feel left out. I mean, Revenge of the Sith, one of the main themes of this article. I mean, you can't, there's plot holes one of the in, main, one of the main themes. The stuff, like, there's plot holes in Mission I know, but hold on. One of the main themes of this, because I do think this thing made a good point. I wanted to bring it up. That should have been the best movie in the entire fucking series, dude. The fall of Darth Vader in, or the fall of Anakin into Darth Vader. And I know, Jeff, I think you liked that one more. I think that was your favorite one out of the prequels, out of one, two, and three. Yeah, I think it's my most favorite was because, number yeah, two. I definitely think that. No, I'm. I, I liked clones better too. I liked really? the. Really, I, yeah. I like the turn of Palpatine. And I enjoyed three. the I political stuff really more. Cool. It's great, but I, I like. I don't love the romantic space. stuff in two. I don't. I don't well, love I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know there are. I know there are. I know there are plot holes in Mission Impossible. I know there are problems and stuff like that. But when you're handed a golden nugget. Like the fall of Anakin Skywalker, Skywalker. <laughs> come on, if you, if you fuck that shit up, and everyone who come on, I don't care if you liked it or not. Everyone who left the prequels when, in real time, when we all saw them when we were younger, and we all said, "Okay, here we go. There are mm-hmm. going to be more of these. There are going probably going to be series and all these other shit." When everybody finished that, nobody was super hopeful that they were going to get much better. Right. And then JJ came out with his nostalgia piece and you were like, okay, God damn it. They're doing some updated version of this shit. So it was, I mean, it was a pretty good movie. I dug that one. And I I love that it came full circle and history repeated. You should not be saying it's a pretty good movie for one of, for your, if you're arguing it's one of the greatest franchises in history, that first movie, number seven, should have been one of the best movies we had ever seen. And it just wasn't. And the other two are worse. I think seven would have been fine if eight and nine did some different things. If, if eight didn't try to do a one like week version you of eight, its movie, eight, if, it, if it really tried to set up, eight should have set up the intergalactic battle that should have been happening the whole time in the series anyway. And mm-hmm. it came out of fucking nowhere in nine when all of a sudden it was like everybody responded to the call. Yeah, what the and I was fuck? Like, where was I? Kidding? How come I wasn't a part of this? The whole point of me watching these movies was to set up the intergalactic war and the yada yes, yada yada yes, it off the screen. I'm just like saying, like, like my my the vote is I, like we can discuss this till we're blue in the face. But like I grew up with Star Wars. I cut Star Wars a little bit more. Me too. You guys do. Me too. I um, had them on VHS. I, I remember when they did the re-releases. We went to the like theater with the, the new visual the fact, effects. The fact of the matter is, I yeah, I'm casting my vote for Star Wars over Mission Impossible because, as I just said, you cannot name a single character besides Benji. Hunt Benji. From Mission Impossible. Benji. 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 Benji is Simon <laughs> Pegg's name. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I know Ilsa. I know. God. If I'd ask you who was the villain in Star Wars, 
Which which, which dollars? Like, it's going to come uh, straight uh, to Jeff and I missed a trivia. No, Jeff, oh, Jeff and I once yeah. played trivia yeah, together, like, and we missed the villain, the metal guy, and the third one. <laughs> we were like, "What the fuck is that metal guy's name?" Oh oh oh! A uh, general. Grievous. Grievous. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll never miss it again. Dave, honestly, we're giving you a hard time. I'm glad I knew you were gonna come out strong for Star Wars. There yeah, is a no, piece of me. I really wish I I really wish I there, was a Star I am, Wars. No, 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 hold on a second. You are a Star Wars fan. I, really I am, am a Star Wars fan. I still enjoy tapping into this franchise. I've just been I've just been let down so many times that I kind of feel like, what are they doing? Like, I felt so contrived with this last one. I felt like I watched the entire last movie just so they could have Ray stand in front of those two sons and bury that fucking lightsaber. I had, I, I still... <laughs> also, also, if she's not, she's really obsessed with being Luke's. She takes his name, she goes back, she steals his ancestral home. There's, it's, she, she's not a Skywalker, <laughs> but man, she wants to be. She really wants to be so bad. She's also, her therapist is going to make some money. So, Jeff, you still have not voted. Oh, fuck. Look, I really wished my answer was Star Wars, but maybe my friend Alex has a good point that I should bring up again. Mission Impossible, out of all of these series, does the best job of getting better as it goes along. And I know it's not about future performance, but honestly, really, and I know that A New Hope... Shout out to A New Hope, everybody. Everybody talks about how Empire is so much, obviously. A New Hope is awesome, dude. A New Hope is so good. And I love Jedi. I love the original trilogy. Fallout is a fucking awesome movie, and it was the culmination of what happens when a series evolves into what it is meant to become. When you take in all of the different elements, and maybe there were plot holes, but honestly, you don't notice them when you're watching some of these great, great movies. Watch I mean, five and six in a row, and there are that, very, I've got very, to agree. very few. They are phenomenal movies. I yeah, I just five and six together as an A and a B are just really, really, really great mm. to watch. Especially Alec Baldwin's yeah. progress, Jeremy Renner when he goes from basically I'm not a suit to okay, fuck, I'm a suit. I just don't wish I was. Hey Jeff, what was Jeremy? Using that what was Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy Renner's character name? His name was Jeremy fucking Renner. Okay, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dave. Dave, they're spies. They don't have names, motherfucker. I don't know their fucking names. They're doing their job. I don't know who they are. I, I couldn't even remember Benji. He says Benji. It was yeah. Jeremy. I How many the times do you think Renner. Benji is written in the script? <laughs> Benji, I need it right now. I, mean, I couldn't even think of his fucking name. Thank you for calling us out on that. So it sounds like Benji. it that sounds like day. I cannot really believe I cannot I, believe Star Wars. If we were doing just emotion, uh, culturally relevant movies, Star Wars would very. I mean, I can't believe win, we're doing it. But we're doing it though. I think quarterfinal loss. Just think about it. Just you know what. They're Duke. They should win every year. Why have they only won five you know times? What? They're Duke. All right, I'm seeing the. Uh, can we on. do a funeral? I don't. Know, I don't know what Duke is. <laughs> can I we do a here. funeral pyre <laughs> for Star Wars? And can you hear? Dude, you don't need to. You can download it off no. uh, YouTube. Honestly, they have a four-hour Darth yeah. Vader funeral pyre. You can use it as your Yule log every Christmas. And honestly, it doesn't matter. The Force is just transcendental meditation. That's all it is. I feel bad. Star Wars. You can literally well, be an second. apparition as hold long as you can meditate The end of really Star deep. Wars, there is now a poster of Star Wars as a ghost Jedi next to all the other dead Jedis because we just fucking buried those motherfuckers. <laughs> all oh. right. So Mission right, Impossible are we doing is this? going on through. I am so sorry. So oh, God, God, I love Star Wars. Steve, I'm so sorry. Right oh, my sister's okay. going to be so mad yeah, at me. Swinging. I lost. Do we need a break? Yeah, let's take a break. I'm going to have to pee by the end of this for sure. No, let's 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 take a break. break. That was fucking crazy. I cannot believe it. Sorry, Luke Skywalker, you're dead. 
He knew. He knows he he's knew. dead. He was pissed about it. Mark Campbell has wanted to die for so <laughs> long. Die. He was like, kill me off in seven. I'm not even in seven no, to save that me was, for later. That this was sucks. Han Solo. That was, that was... Oh, he did not want to be a nine. He was like, <laughs> I really don't want to be in this anymore. Go fuck yourself. JJ, you owe me a plane. Yeah, they're like, can, um, I, yeah, can I fly my plane to set? No. No, you cannot. <laughs> no, we don't No more injuries. No more crashes. No more injuries. Buzz Harrison Ford. Ford. Oh my God, dude. It's so funny. Okay, we're taking a very quick break. Listen to some Dasein. The, the next one Crack is a new open one. open another beer. We have not talked about the Dark Knight series yet. So Dark Knight against our two-seed MCU coming up. Can't wait. Let's oh. do it. Okay, we just fucking flushed Star Wars down the drain. Oh, that's, man, that's that was painful. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Dave, I'm Core so sorry. It's fun. Like, it's pretty good. Hey, once you, yeah, yeah, just a little PSA to all of our listeners. We love all of these movies, you guys. Mm. God damn it. Please go watch them we're all. We're talking about the quarter final. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're arguing the last four, well, eight movies yeah. in If you this thought we shat on these movies... You should actually go back and listen to Star Wars. We should fucking yeah. chat on those last two movies of Star Wars. But also go listen. <laughs> yeah. You think we we love all these movies, except for 8 and 9. We shat on it the last and episode. Toy Story. And Toy Pods. Story. Also, Fuck toys. Godfather 3. Really, we did not like too much. Um, so here we are. We're back. Now, here's here's just to catch some people up. If you guys made it this far, we think you're the best. Please write a review. Only if it's five stars. It's just like our good friend, get ugly. Gandalf's Balls. Gandalf's Balls. That's right. Okay, so... We have a little bit of a DC MCU matchup here. That Ooh. is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Ooh. which is our hey, two seed. Thanks the big primarily to Dave. See the big announcement that came out last uh, this week, where they're talking no. Ant Man no. three may actually feature um, Fantastic Four. Oh, you know, what we definitely need more of is more Ant Man. We need and more, more Fantastic Four. Yeah, so successful, Fantastic, but... <laughs> like an MCU version of Fantastic Four. In, I'm on board. Oh my yeah. god! The next thing you know is the Wasp and the Guardians of the Galaxy team up. Can't wait. Um, so we. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to make a point. Who know who would play the Human Flame since Captain we, America is the Human uh, yeah, Flame? No, well, it's it's the MCU. They've never had a Fantastic Four MCU, so it's going to be all recast. Ah. Uh, I think they should double cast as if they're in an off-Broadway play. Okay, so we it, are Captain doing America is the... available right now. <laughs> yeah, what is he going to do for the rest of his life? <laughs> he he looks like that. He fucking he, if he needs wants. to do a Gap commercial, he'll do it. Okay. Um, we at the, are going to at talk the moment about he's dancing around his house seed. to 80s music. I saw that on Twitter today. But oh, okay. I'm doing that too. We're talking about the MCU. Woo. The MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, 21 films, Two. I believe, mm-hmm. and it is by far 22. the highest grossing franchise in history of course. cultural impact it's right up there with star wars and harry potter i mean it could have its own theme parks if it really wanted to but i think the merch alone does well enough we're talking about 18 billion dollars at the box office between 22 films including two of the top four two of the top three films of all time so MCU, two seed, against our seventh seed, the Dark Knight series. Batman Begins, the Dark Knight, and the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, Dark Knight trilogy, one of our wild cards. Woo! One of our wild cards, which nudged the Godfather and John Wick right out, even though they advanced. They didn't actually advance, <laughs> thanks to the Dark Knight. Who would like to I've start? I've gone cross-eyed. I want to hear Dave, dude. Dave, I just want to hear Dave start too. Dave, yeah. two, to, two to two to zero. You fucking go. go off on Marvel, dude. Tell me how good Marvel is, dude. I mean, yeah, tell me how great Marvel is. Marvel is a machine. 
Yeah. Their, their films are definitely formulaic and they know how to plug an audience. They have not really faltered, in my opinion, in anything that they put out. Um, mm-hmm. There's been one or two like sidesteps, like Thor: Dark World, which I yeah, you know, yes. but I did go back and rewatch that recently, and even in the context of what came to follow, there's a lot of merit. But I think it kind of lost its way and is redeemable in the fact that you've seen the rest of the stuff that it leads to. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as uh, as far as that goes, like Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe, in my opinion is an extremely well-crafted group of films that just gets better and better the further you go along. I was really, really dark on the last Endgame. Like, Endgame, I came down really, really hard on. And uh, If you want to hear a shit on Endgame, go to our Marvel podcast and fast forward to that 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, we in. took a big diarrhea ship. There was a lot of buzzers in that segment. A lot of, a lot of buzzers. Yes. A lot of problems was, in that movie, it was dude. Worth it. Are you about but to about face? Are you changing you, your mind? What'd you say, John? Are you changing your mind? Are you about to about face on Endgame? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, give him some rope here, right? Okay. So basically, um, like I, I, I did rewatch the entire Dark Knight trilogy. Nice. From this, Same. Like, we watched seven. We had to watch seventeen trilogies because you motherfuckers made us put a snub in our like list. I, we actually, another one. I realized there's sixteen. I, realized, like, I was gonna I, take a fucking break. I was ready to just watch some fucking like yeah. Tiger King or some Ozark or something, and you made us watch Fuck another you. fucking trilogy. I, Thanks, yeah, audience. Yeah, like I, because I owned like the two good movies from the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm. <laughs> there are two. You're right. I'm ready. Go. Let's go. I'm ready no. to. And I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, is great. It's amazing. It's a oh. real, it's an awesome character development story. Oh, I love perfect. almost everything he did in that film. God, it's good. Oh. Um, is and so then great. he tops it with Dark Knight, oh. which probably oh. should have ended. Argu- arguably, but it's arguably, fucking awesome. Probably yeah, yeah. should have ended when he caught the Joker. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it to me. Give it to me. All right. I feel like Harvey Dent was a throwaway character. Um, Did, yeah, was Harvey necessary? Was Harvey, Harvey necessary? Dent was fine. Two Face was a throwaway yeah, two, character. Okay, yeah, Two Face was a throwaway character. They could have saved that. They could have built to, built to that. And uh, did you care about Two Face? Nobody cared once he was like, ah! Everybody was like, oh god, chill the fuck out, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, you'll get better soon. Just, just keep the bandages that's on. That's the best review Take ever. Your ad, Bill. <laughs> really? But, I, like, as soon as he was okay. like, oh, Rachel, we were like, bro, come on. Yeah, and the, like, oh Dark god. Dark Knight for me was like the pinnacle, like. As as far as putting the Joker on screen, Heath Ledger came in, and everyone right down to Jack Nicholson was saying, "No one can play the Joker but me." And Heath came in, and Heath made it his own, and Heath made it a different Joker to what everyone else saw, and it was a really unique, dark take on the character. And I I dug it. Yeah, yeah. And I hope you fucking dug it. And oh Jesus. fuck yeah, fuck yeah, I dug it. <laughs> yeah, like, dug it. yeah, I, I like, I bought all three movies based on that one. But yeah. <laughs> like, because Batman Begins, come on, Raja Ghoul climbing yeah. the mountain the flower, come on. I, yeah. See, yeah. Dave, Dave, Jeff. Dave, you said you. <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry, no, Dave. Go ahead. Dave, you, Dave, you said you re- you rewatched all of them this week. Dave? Yes. I did. Do you, do you want to wait for Dark Knight Rises, or are you ready to go? No, yeah, shit on Dark Knight Rises. Dark dude. Knight Rises. <laughs> what the fuck happened? What happened? You know what? 
up right. the it is a really good movie up to that little kid singing the national anthem. Bullshit. It's a really I, good movie for I the disagree. last hour. I don't know. I think it's better in the, the first la- half. I think so. I'm with Dave on this. The last hour is fine with the exception of Robin. Nothing Joseph Gordon-Levitt does after Gary Oldman gets out of the hospital is consequential. So we keep watching him with kids in this bus and it literally doesn't matter. Nothing he does matters. That's in the last. Set up Robin. That's in the last. Robin doesn't matter. That's in the last half of the movie. No matter. How could you say that? Um, Catwoman was a phenomenal character. In like, she played that to a T. I loved it. I thought her character, her characterization was great. Like (laughs) for a movie, for like a two-hour movie, she's like the fifth bill. Yeah, was pretty good. um, Too many people. She was a she was a C character, if at best. And exactly. Um, who I, marries Bruce Wayne somehow at the end, even though she's a criminal thief who tried to rob his mom's pearls. But what do you know? It's <laughs> okay. My biggest issue from this, I think, was Bane. And I'm sorry to be down on Tom Hardy again after the whole Star Trek debacle. Fuck you, Tom oh, Hardy. Okay. Fuck you, Tom <laughs> Hardy, dude. But, okay. Surround oh. sound voice. Oh, right. yeah. Why is this no, voice seriously, coming from Seriously, um, Bert, Tim again. Burton's Jeff. Bane was enormous and intimidating. Nolan's Bane was watered down at best. There was like he didn't even use Venom, and he has a fucking t-shirt tan line in one scene. Like what the fuck, dude? <laughs> he didn't use Venom? Is that because he knew he was going to be Venom later? Tom Hardy, right? Is that why? There's in a, a segue. Cinematic universe. Jeff, do like, Bane again? It took way too long <laughs> to get going. There was a lot of weird writing and story choices. It was just all over the fucking place. Yeah. Yeah. In saying I mean, that, when it works, it really works. When it doesn't, it dives off a fucking cliff. Now, I'm curious, though. Do you th- do, you, do you guys feel that way? Because I think everyone who's ever seen these movies feels that way. Do you guys feel that way, especially because it's- the other two movies are so good and because there are moments in the third one that are still as good and then there are moments that are not even close Okay, for me, I mean, the one that there's a couple of big, really bad choices that I want to just focus on. Okay, so Bane <laughs> breaks Batman's back. Sure. Then, it's a very famous moment in the comic yes, books. Yes, it's a very it's famous moment. That was a big fucking thing in the comic books. But uh, then Bane takes time out from his terror campaign where he's holding a city hostage to fly Bruce Wayne to India and drop yeah, him they, in a pit and taunt him and then fly back. That was a direct cut, wasn't it? That was a yeah. single cut. Yeah, from he just the- turned up in the fucking pit. <laughs> They're in the also, sewer. When he gets out, They're in when the he gets sewer. Out, they go, wait a second, you got out? And it's like, wait, there's precedent for this. A fucking child got out. Of course yeah. Batman was yeah, going to get out. Like, a child got out. Fact, and he's sitting there, he's like, you got out? The fact it's, is, like, it's not like it's never been done also, before. The fact of the matter he's is, never got this out. pit is in fucking India. He's left Bane, Gotham. And it's in India. Bane never mm. got out, though. Bane never got out on his own. So I understood. No, I thought Bane didn't. No, no, don't spoil it for our listeners. Bane oh, didn't. Yeah, there's a big twist there. Spoiler, spoiler. Shout out, future star, Emmy winner. Also, for <gasps> fuck's sake, the ma- the mask audio. Like, pull the mic. Oh, why is it surround sound? Give me a directional mic so I know where he's talking from. Like, why is he coming at me from behind? <laughs> Give me any mic, but pull the fucking he's mic. He's in front of me. Why do the, I hear him from behind? Pull the Dave. fucking mic away from your mouth, dude. Dave. Jeff, Jeff has better audio than you do right now. <laughs> Jeff my audio is better. I left my audio. microphone in New York City during coronavirus. <laughs> Bane talks like our acting teacher from college. <laughs> Yeah, just higher pitch. Okay. Everything he says. Here's a, you. Hold on, I want to bring. I want to ask you guys a question because this came up when I was watching him this week. Has Chris Nolan ever written a good female character in his entire life? 
Has he ever written a good female character in his entire life? I'm being real. It made me. It gave me pause because I love Chris Nolan. I love um, his movies, and I started yeah, thinking about Inception. all of his movies. And I even Inception, which is I thought that was the media immediately. That was the one I went to. I'm not even super pumped about either of those roles. I think he always writes his men I think and casts his men better than the women. I was oh, thinking yeah. Interstellar. I think the Jessica Chastain character checks out for me, although I really drank so much before I saw it the last time we saw it because it was during a snowstorm. <laughs> I and think I had nothing else to Dave, do. Dave, what did you do? For during that I had not drunk anything stretch, during so. that movie. Dave, what did you do during that watching? <laughs> Hold on. Are we I gonna got talk terrified about? by total waves and black holes. That's what I fucking did. Yeah, LSD. That's quite All a right. thing. So Chris All Nolan. Right. So wait, hold on. For real, those two, the Rachels in number one and two, are the Why only. Are you going full Gail King on us? You're like quizzing us. Like we're on a. What's going on? What are you talking about? Everybody, Rachel. There's only one fucking female character in both the first and second movies. Like two her, actresses. Um, yeah. I actually call her Mag Katie Jillen Holmes. That's what I call her. Honestly, I mean, because Scientology right now, forced because mm. Scientology forced oh, Katie thanks, Holmes. Thanks, Jeff. We're to on a we're on a fucking anymore. watch list now. Thank you. Isn't it just a shame? <laughs> isn't it just a shame that, like the Godfather, I think he should. It has the Godfather syndrome. Yeah, it has, it has the, the Godfather, Godfather syndrome. syndrome. I think Godfather one and two and. Batman Begins and Dark Knight might be the four best movies that we've talked about this entire fucking time. They, the four of those really movies. Empire, Empire, New Hope, nothing. You, you, I mean, you might be, you might be right. Like we can put it. They're, they're six, up there. Yeah, like they, you're right. They're in the third that one hobbles. Semantics, it. semantics. But I'm with so, you. I love Dark Beginnings is one of the best origin story movies I've ever. I mean, seen. It, Beginning is it's so fucking tight. We'll talk about that in yeah. a second. But I just want to, yeah, Batman Begins. I am one of those people who was confused. Why they made a third one other than money reasons. I know the IP was just... No, I, he I, said it was a trilogy. I know. Come on, though. Anyone who grew up or remembers the uh, the Dark Knight animated TV series, which defined Batman for a lot of people our age. Shut up. Don't don't check your fucking head. Anybody who remembers the animated an TV format, series... John. Nobody knows that it was me. Now they know, you yeah, fucker. Buzz them! <laughs> At the end of number two... He rides away with that amazing ending, the good voiceover. He becomes the Dark Knight, and the Dark Knight is Batman. So it kind of frustrated me that they made a third one to try to wrap up his story because I want Batman to exist as the Dark Knight forever. The cat, the, yeah. remember the intro to like the uh, the graphic novels and the animated TV series. The cops are always after him. Nobody trusts him. It's him against the world, and that defines all of his obstacles. So I feel like the third one not only is not a very good movie in general. Like we can talk about all the problems with the movie making and the structure and the story and the characters, but even within the scope of the franchise. It doesn't do any service to the franchise. Even if they pulled off everything they wanted to achieve, I don't think it did a service to the character of Batman. That's why it frustrates me the most. Mm. Yeah, sure, I'll um, go there. I agree, but I still question. <laughs> I have a I'll couple drink. questions. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start light. I'm gonna get into this. Is Liam Neeson? <laughs> is Liam Neeson the best therapist? of all time because bruce wayne goes and he goes i'll teach you to face your fears what are your fears well only you can know that okay sure i'll climb a mountain on that premise that sounds good mm. climbs a mountain hey i i am I'm, I'm, i love the first movie you wouldn't climb a mountain for liam neeson bruce wayne hold on <laughs> chill out the dude With terrified goatee, 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 liam liam neeson. Mountain. goatee liam neeson you get to do a hallucinogenic so, flower so a when you get there I'm gonna face your fear what's my fear only you can know that oh, okay climbs the mountain and then 
He says, you hide your guilt behind your anger. I'll teach you to confront your fear. And in the meantime, kill 600 men. And you know what? I realized that my therapist is terrible because my therapist just taught me that dreams may be important, not sure. Liam Neeson said, gotcha, and you can kill an army. Sounds pretty fucking cool. Bruce Wayne really lucked out with which prison he got stuck in. I will tell you that. I mean, um, the first one's awesome, though. But I, Sorry, have one more, I have one more point, though. Like, seriously, in Dark Knight Rises, it's like, okay, a reckoning is coming. How have you lived, lived so large and not paid the consequences? And then they invade the stock market and they're like, how have you lived so large and not paid the consequences? This was The Dark Knight Rises, written and directed by Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Here's it here. Okay. So the, there's some semantics coming up that have been shat on by a lot of people over the course of the year. So I apologize if this rants a little late, but Superman there's a famous, there's a famous line in the office, the television series, the American version in which Michael Scott asks Dwight, is there any piece of wisdom that anybody has told you that sticks with you? And he said, Dwight answers, don't be an idiot. And they cut to Dwight in the conference room. And Dwight says, Anytime I make a decision, I ask myself a question. I say, would an idiot do this? And if the answer is yes, I do not do that thing. Chris Nolan opens this movie. Now, now let's be clear. In The Dark Knight, he opens with the Joker and basically a whole line of people. You don't actually know it's the Joker yet. Robbing a bank. And then at the end, every single person has killed every single person until the last one, because they're all masked. And it turns out to be Joker, who rides a bus out of town with 20 buses following him. And it is a really, really cool heist sequence. It's a cool moment where it's like, you don't know... The Joker's going to get away with this. It's a really, really cool, terrifying way of opening a movie. They open the third movie, Dark Knight Rises, and Patire Baelish who knows a thing or two about how to fuck up an ending of a series, for sure. <laughs> so Littlefinger, Aiden Gillen, works for the CIA, and they are trying to get a nuclear physicist who has been working on nuclear reactors, and they are trying to expedite him, along with Bane, another asset of Bane's, who can give them information on Bane, Guantanamo-style, with a hood over their face. And at the plane, at where the plane is, at the airport, they say, here are two more. We have three terrorists with bags over their head. And they are looking for information about a guy with a mask on his face in order to breathe. So all you would need to do is lift up the bag and you will see the mask on their face, making them able to breathe so they will know if it's Bane. And we're dealing with international terrorism, espionage. We're talking about people who have worked with Bane. And rather than check the folders, the files, a flight manual, uh, uh, any kind of paperwork whatsoever, and they, they don't even sit there and say, well, since we don't have any information on them, let's just take a look. They don't open up the hood on their face to see if it's Bane. So all of a sudden, Bane's on this plane. Now I ask you, this is the CIA. Would an idiot do that? I think the answer is yes. And if the answer is yes, you don't do that thing. And this is how the movie starts. So the movie opens and you're sitting there and you're like, this is, wait a second. 
Because here's what this is. In the theater, in the cinema, what you see is a really cool plane sequence. Yes. In rewatch, or if you think about it for 13 seconds, you say, Christopher Nolan is hoping that we pull a Game of Thrones season eight where, quote unquote, Oh, we were hoping the audience forgot about the royal fleet. End quote. Now I ask you, I Christopher Nolan, it's Game of Thrones. You night. have made Dunkirk. <laughs> you have made Inception. You have made Memento, Insomnia, The Prestige, and you, the opening of your movie. You are requiring your audience to forgive you making a tactical error in the first five minutes. Go fuck yourself. I hate you. I hate it. I hate the movie. I hate myself. Mm. I Jesus. hate you, John and Dave. I hate everything. Jesus Go fuck yourself, Christopher Nolan. Okay. I can't I'm believe, just, I can't just believe he opened a movie okay. doing this. And the tunnel thing? No, wait, wait. This is the worst thing about the tunnel sequence. So they send all the cops in the tunnel. You know why they send all the cops in the tunnel? Because Gary Oldman tells them to send all the cops in the tunnel. Gary Oldman, who is the shining star of the first two movies outside of the Joker and Batman. He's the best part of the first two movies. He is so, so good when he becomes Commissioner Goner. He out... Gordon. He outsmarts the Joker. <laughs> pretending even the Joker thinks he's dead. Buzz it. Yeah, yeah, we get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're looking for a terrorist <laughs> who is Gordon. missing. The person who has the patents on all of the construction projects in the tunnel just showed up dead. So the only person who knows what's going on in the tunnels is dead. And Commissioner Gordon, Gary Oldman, is the one who sends all the cops under the tunnels. Because even Chris Nolan knows this is so fucking stupid. The only way I can get away with this is if we ask <laughs> the most favorable character in the series to be the one to tell the news. This is like when you ask your mom if you can sleep over someone's house because you know your dad will say no. And it's like you want the, you know what I mean? It's horse shit. I can't believe he thinks he can get away with that. His exact quote was, let's smoke him out. No, he is dealing in nuclear fission while you are dealing with the entire police force. He is going to smoke you out. This is a terrible, terrible tactical situation. You cannot forgive it. Mm. And then Robin is a worthless character. This is the worst backdoor pilot in the history of Nolan. This is the worst Christopher Nolan movie ever. Mm. I can't believe he expected us to go on board with this. I know, Jesus (laughs) Christ. I mean, mean, dude, that was... At first, let's take a moment of silence for that rant. (laughs) That was fucking... If somebody, if either of you can support the going in the tunnel no, and the right. plane thing, Not and I know this is long-winded and all it's right. been talked about before, but if I misstepped at all, knock yourself out. But I no, dude, you you're totally right. Shit. It's a, we we, it, we we put these two up together, and like my vote, and I want to say is definitely for the MCU, and you will understand why in a minute. Um, but I have two sound grabs for you. Okay, so the first sound grab is the Joker reveal in the Dark Knight. Ooh, yeah. So this is a recording from in the theater as the Joker is revealed. Wait, we're never, we don't plan ahead. Give it to me. Oh, yeah. Whatever doesn't kill you Sorry, simply ahead. makes you. That was cool. I remember it. I remember when that happened to me. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Stranger. That, yeah, that's some, yeah, that's yeah. some, that's some cheering. The second clip I have for you and I have planned ahead with this, is Captain America picking up Thor's hammer. Picking up the fucking hammer, dude! Yeah, fucking pick it up. In the Endgame movie. And, like, as I said in a previous episode, like, I saw this movie in, like, weeks afterwards in an empty theater, and I I should have seen it with a group of people, but, like, just (laughs) listen to the fan fucking reaction when Captain America picks up Thor's hammer. 
Wait for it. He catches it. That is a theatre full of people screaming their fucking guts out because Captain America caught Thor's, Thor's hammer in right. Endgame. The right. one and movie, the, Joker the was one cool, movie. But then again, we yeah, also knew it was yeah. coming. Like, but also, it's like, it's two groups of fandom that are equally passionate about their product. And I like, I don't, I want to say, I was one of the people that was cheering on the inside. Like, I don't vocalize in theatres because I, yeah, unless everyone else is doing it, that's kind of rude. But like. It's two groups of fandom that had similar reactions, but holy fuck, did they go off when he caught mm-hmm. that hammer? Now that's in, two. In the that's... movie we thought was the worst. <laughs> yeah, but that's the, I know what you mean. That is the second movie versus the 22nd movie. So that is a little. And the cultural, this is cultural relevancy. Thing. I mean, it's, Star it's, Wars, it's I'm sure. Like, I'm sure when Ray used the fiery thing, everybody went, whoa, that's awesome. Until they realized they killed the Wookiee until they realized they did it but because also, of cowards. It's, it's like, and that's why I'm leaning towards, like, I, my vote is going to the MCU out of this discussion. Sure. But sure. It's, I'm it's, so surprised. Yeah, it's, it's like, that's 22 <laughs> yeah. movies down the track or 20, whatever. And I know, dude. Like, You're right. Yeah. You did not. There's no reaction like that in the third movie of the Dark Knight trilogy. You're right. I, I don't, you guys, I don't. It's almost even frustrating. Like, I think I know why we initially forgot to put the Dark Knight trilogy in this in this initial debate, because we did. If anyone who doesn't know that we forgot to put it in, it was a wild card from last week. I think I did that on purpose subconsciously because I don't it think of this as a franchise. Change. I don't think of it as a franchise. I think of them as two of the best Chris Nolan movies. Yeah. And I, I like Chris Nolan. Yeah. I don't even think of the third movie. It's just like Coppola with The Godfather. He made that in his prime. Nolan made that in his prime. In and out of three movies around those movies that are three of his best movies. So it's a completely different experience. Not to mention that you're right, Dave. I mean, like, it's hard to have a franchise conversation and go up against Marvel, who has kind of defined this new version of extended franchise storytelling and I mean, did it in a uniform if one, way. If the one thing credit we can give The Dark Knight is they probably led to the education that Marvel now has. Uh, I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and you might tell me to go fuck myself. I wish they would take another advanced class on it, because I still don't think any of the Marvel movies are as good as Begins or Dark Knight. I think that some of <laughs> yeah sure. I think that <laughs> some fair, of them no. I think that's that, some of them are good. Well, I mean, right, so, that's a discussion that could be had. So it's about tone. It's about tone, and this has. I'm going to say it anyway because fuck it, we're talking on the air. Who gives a fuck? I appreciate that Nolan's audience so much. Fuck you, audience. Fuck you. I appreciate that Nolan asked himself the question before he got to the last one, which is bad. Well, he asked himself the question clearly when he was making the first two. What scenario would actually be required for a human being to think the right move is for me to put on a cape and a mask? <laughs> it's yeah. it's gonna take it's so. Gonna so many take, sequences in the first one I love. It's gonna take that also, heightened realism. So I know that Marvel, I respect Marvel for going a totally opposite direction and yeah. leaning into the humor and leaning into the the brevity that is so valuable. It's valuable as fuck. That shit is it lasts a long time. It helps you get through moments where they're bouncing over the sincerity in Marvel in the Marvel movies, which is there. It's just not as 
it's not as relentless as begins in Dark Knight, where you feel like you are on a fucking wild ride the entire time. Hans Zimmer's score. I do want to give it up for this. This yeah. is the first time yeah. Hans Zimmer and the Chris Nolan worked together. Is weird, but the first two is really great. It's the first I mean, time they started the working noise together. In the Dark Knight that they used is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the sound design and the score—it's so respectable. So, I'm, so many things came out of the making of those movies that I'm so happy about. I'm probably even happier about the things that came out of those Dark Knight movies than I am about the Marvel movies, if I'm being totally honest. But in terms of a franchise face-off. Ah, you're right, Dave. I, I just think it's incomparable. Yeah. You cannot compare these two to each other. Marvel definitely comes out on top. I like Begins and Dark Knight more than yes. any of the Marvel movies, but Marvel is yeah. my vote personally. How about Dave? Yeah. Definitely for you. Definitely me. Jeff, I'm what do you think? I think MCU too. I, I will say my favorite. I'm going to flip the order because everybody loves the Dark Knight, and I really do too. And I love the way it opens with Joker. I love Begins Bang, more. I love Begins I love- more, dude. It's tighter. I like Begins more. Very, very quick. We're talking about within 20 minutes, not only do you get the full origin story of Bruce Wayne and his history with Rachel, but you get the tone, you get him in the prison. And it's also a big comment on privilege because he's in the jail. And Raj al Ghul, well, we find out it's Raj al Ghul, but Liam Neeson is basically like, you even know, you know that as billionaire Bruce Wayne, you you can't run and hide in a prison at any moment. You can say, I'm Bruce Wayne. I'll buy my way out of this. Like, even you know, your privilege supersedes this. So you like that, that question of privilege and self and and self-sacrifice and what it really takes to give up the, the societal titles and, and, and just privilege and actually become a selfless, caped mask like bruce wayne can never be batman unless he separates them or just fully becomes the batman and, and that struggle carries its way throughout the rest of the series yeah. you can't be both That's you have to be one of the other DC movie yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and it's and it's it is so deep and it is so great and at the same time it fucking moves man it moves when he's yeah, me- having that fighting sequence on the ice man it's like you can't believe it's only 20 minutes into this movie some I of those marvel say movies like a lot happens up until 20 minutes but it is asking the great life questions while there is plot happening at the same time. It is, yeah. it, it is, it is, I truly think, and I know a new hope is great. I think it's the best origin movie of all time. The Me origin too, story movie Absolutely. Of all time. I think so too. And, um, so off of that, I wanted to, I wanted to mention this cause I was watching some interviews with Chris Nolan, uh, this week. And when he first started this movie uh, again, this is the first time he worked with Hans Zimmer. Um, Chris Nolan, when he was just in general, when he writes screenplays, he thought about it with Memento, he thought about it with insomnia and he thought about it with this, obviously. And I feel like this is the culmination of it. He is obsessed with there's a kind of chord progression in music. And I'm, I feel like an idiot. I can't remember the name of it. But as the chord progression modulates over and over and over again, up and up and up and up, it creates the the sonic illusion that it is repeating itself. Mm-hmm. And it is it is a perfect metaphor for the way Chris Nolan writes his movies. And I don't know if he had a conversation right. with Hans Zimmer about that, but Hans Zimmer's music clearly kicks in at the beginning of Begins. And I have oh, mentioned yeah. a butthole before on this podcast. I'm going to mention it again. Your butthole just gets tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. <laughs> it does not ebb and flow at all. It is one intense burn from right. the beginning to when he finally fucking says, 
It's not who I am underneath, but what I do with it matters. Bruce, and he jumps off right. from the whole I mean, fucking movie burns. this is a clear burns. sign that John doesn't listen to a thing I say in his podcast. That's known as the shepherd, <laughs> the shepherd tone, John. The shepherd tone. <laughs> the shepherd tone. Oh, it's more important than the shepherd tone. It's a modulation. It's not just the tone. I know what you're no, talking but, about, like, the yeah, shepherd tone. It's, it's the same thing. It's a chord progression that moves up and up and up. It's the same it's so tight, physical though. principality. You're like, yeah. All right, well, then, all right, if it is the shepherd tone, it may be the best fucking example of the shepherd tone ever used. Like, Probably, that yeah. Like Hans they, they relied on noise, not music, for a lot of the Dark Knights soundtrack. So yeah, you know, was... they, you know what they do in three that they do. In, I know, I know, we should probably bring this to a close. But you know what they do in three that they that they don't do it. You know what they do in one that they don't do in three. The audience is really with the struggle of Christian Bale, and they really force yeah. us to go through it with them. In three, they leave him for like thirty minutes, and mm. Bale is talking to Marion Cotillard, and she's talking to Lucius to the point where when they go back to the prison, he basically has to catch him up, and he says, "Oh, so that was Bane, right? The kid. Remember we talking about." 30 minutes ago in the movie whereas in batman begins we're with him the entire time i think the 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 reason we go back to these superhero characters is sort of that what if like what if it was us what if it was possible what if it was real we know it's not logistically sound but like batman's a human being he's a billionaire he's not exactly like us but like what what if really the what if and we go through this entire thing with them and and i think they leave that we could talk about the mythology of batman for months he's the best superhero character of all time dude yeah MCU All right, God damn it. MCU for me, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. So next week we will have our one seed Lord of the Rings against our five seed, which is Mission Impossible. Ooh. And then our two Ooh. seed MCU Ooh. against our three seed Harry Potter. Holy shit. Oh, shit. That's going to hurt. Ooh, that's a, <laughs> I know Star Wars is good, but Star Wars would fucking lose. So I'm really glad that Mission Impossible went on. This yeah, <laughs> Oh, it's, it's said finish the podcast and a fuck you, but fuck you. Honestly, go fuck yourself. We're positive. We're a positive critique film podcast. Go watch Join all these fucking the movies. We're so excited. God, we'll see you next week, you motherfuckers. Go watch all these movies. They're so good. We love you. 